Ah, welcome in to day number two at Fantasy Sports Daily. We have already replaced um, our co-host here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, Ray Flowers, just between you and I, uh, you know, he couldn't cut it. I, I, I've given him 11 years or so to figure things out. Could, couldn't pull it off. So I decided to pull the plug yesterday. We have replaced Ray Flowers with Ted Lasso. Is, is, is that what we're dealing with today? Yes, sir. Believe. <laughs> Believe. That Ray guy, do you know him? He's awesome. I do. He, he's a great fella from what oh, I hear. Oh, he's great. Oh, great your fella. experience is totally different from mine, mm. Ray Flowers. Um, happy Halloween to everybody. Yes, indeed. Ray Flowers is still with us. Um, I guess I'm just dressed up as a uh, Midwestern slacker uh, for the day. Although, um, over the weekend, my wife and son... We did do a bit of dressing up, and I sent these photos to Ray. We'll see if the people uh, who are following us on Facebook or on YouTube or on X, uh, Ray, flash those photos so everybody can see the Elfring family. There we are. Original as all get out. Now, everybody knows the middle dude, right? Spider-Man? Mm -hmm. uh, Ray, do you know the other two guys who, who uh, my wife and I are supposed to be? Yeah, I was going to say Spider-Man's parents, but no, I don't. Yeah, th those are uh, actually Spider-Man's friends. From the Disney Junior hit cartoon, Spidey and his amazing friends. That would be, I am Spin, the dark uh, Spider-Man. My wife is uh, Ghost Spider. So Ghost Spider and Spin are Spidey's young buddies um, who keep Doc Ock, the Goblin, Sandman, and others all under control. Y you'd actually like this show, Ray. I think you'd enjoy it. I did. My nephew's a little bit older now uh, than your your son is, so uh, I, I assume he's probably seen it still. He's a huge Spider-Man fan. I know yeah. Morales and the video games and all that kind of stuff are really his deals, so uh, I'm sure he would love it, and I probably would enjoy watching it with him. You'll notice here on, on that second photo, maybe even the first photo, that Spin Spider, who is portrayed by Kyle Elfring, um, is, is wearing some shorts, Ray. When, mm -hmm. when I originally donned this outfit, um, I noticed this is not truly built for anybody like uh, a male, at least, over the age of <laughs> 11. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you need a little coverage? Yeah. My wife insisted that shorts were necessary. I totally agreed with her. I didn't want to get, like, charged with, uh, you know, indecent exposure. <laughs> so I donned the shorts, and it was a bright and, and well-thought decision. So. Hey, Kyle, as a man once said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, now, you are Ted Lasso. Is this going to be your outfit tonight? Are you doing any trick-or-treating for this evening, Ray? Uh, I, I will not be doing trick-or-treating. We'll be handing out candy. Um, okay. There will be photos taken later. Uh, there might be a, a partner in crime with myself. We'll see. Um, okay. So those will probably be out on Twitter or, or Instagram or whatever. At the Ray Flowers, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, X, threads, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> at the Ray Flowers. So... Might be having some things up later today. Uh, are we ever going to get back to like just one place we can go to see all this? I guess we have to be in six or seven different spots. You're on threads now? Yeah, you got to be on threads. Well, uh, I mean, if, if for, for, you know, those people that aren't into Twitter X, um, there's politics involved. There has been an extreme change in how things are posted and what works. And you got to pay for this. You got to pay for that. So uh, a lot of people are changing, Kyle. They're not very happy okay. with how things are going. I think our industry is still pretty strong on Twitter X, but I think the average person's getting a little tired of all the shenanigans. So you're telling me that I've actually outlasted Twitter. 
by by never joining, now people are now removing themselves from Twitter and joining me in a non-X kind of verse, right? right? Yeah, if the internet has taught us anything, it's that sometimes it's easier to speak your mind anonymously. So there you go, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, happy Halloween to everybody. We'll make sure to get some photos of Ray out tomorrow on uh, Fantasy Sports Daily. Now, if you're wondering, okay, what's going on here? Well, what's going on is this is day two of something we're going to do each and every day. We started yesterday. Obviously, we're continuing Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Ray and I are live right here, courtesy of uh, FantasyGuru.com, or as they like to say, powered by FantasyGuru.com. Uh, we will be talking all things fantasy sports. We bring in some uh, visitors uh, from, from the website, guys who are some of our top analysts will join us yesterday. We had Ryan Clifford, I think a bit later today, Justin Finsterman. Uh, we talk all things fantasy and all sports fantasy, and we do DFS yearly. We're going to do it all. Uh, chat room is open. I know people are watching us on YouTube. You can watch us now on X. Um, eventually, you'll be able to download the audio podcast version of this. If you ever miss us live 11 to noon Eastern or 11 to 11.45 Eastern, um, all of these uh, fantasy sports dailies are libraried and, and, and chronicled and kept and available. And if you have an issue with that, then Ted Lasso slash Ray Flowers is your guy to yell at. So, right, right, Ray, you don't get enough yell. So if anybody have issues with this, they can yell at you. You're, you're more than happy to answer yelling, right? You know what the happiest animal on earth is, Kyle? It's the goldfish. And you know why? It's got a 10-second memory. Oh. What about an elephant? Is an elephant the, the, the least happy animal? Yes. Because he has a, remember a very everything. long memory. Yeah. If, if, if The bottom line is if people want to complain on this show, they're out. <laughs> 10 seconds, that's all you get. You're out. It's all positivity. All positivity. Let's go. Believe. Yeah, positivity. Okay, what do we have today? Uh, Monday Night Football Recap. We'll talk about the Raiders and the Lions. Uh, if you didn't see this game and you're just looking at the final score, uh, don't pay attention to that score. It was all Detroit. I mean, a totally dominating effort in front of the home fans. They look like an ascending team. The Raiders continue to look like a descending team. Uh, we'll move on from Monday Night Football. Talk about the NFL trading deadline. That is set to come our way at 4 o'clock Eastern today. Uh, Minnesota, we're sifting through some quarterback options. They may be involved in the trading deadline. We'll see what they are thinking about. Leonard Fournette, remember him? Uh, last time I, I, I think I saw anything about Leonard Fournette, Ray, wasn't his car like on fire on the side of the highway? <laughs> remember that in the offseason? His like Dodge Durango blew up on the side of the highway. <laughs> Was it a Durango? I don't remember that. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were problems. There were issues, as they say. Uh, well, his uh, free agency market never blew up. Uh, but it sounds like he's at least close to the Buffalo Bills. That's according to Fournette. Uh, the team has not nearly said that, but we'll talk about the options for the James Cook owner and uh, how that's going to work out. And then, as mentioned, Justin Finsterman is going to join us. Uh, Justin and the NBA crew, they are, I guess, through about one week of the NBA season. Um, each and every day over at fantasyguru.com, they set you up with a cheat sheet uh, for the DFS slate. Uh, they've got a breakdown as long as there's three, four, five games, and some nights there's 10, 11, 12 games. Uh, they are breaking it down over at fantasyguru.com. So uh, NBA DFS is a huge, huge thing. Uh, nobody gets you locked and loaded better than Justin Finsterman. So today we're going to spotlight a little NBA. And the plan is uh, most Tuesdays on Fantasy Sports Daily, we'll talk some NBA with Justin Finsterman. Uh, Ray, let's begin with the uh, football from last night. Let's talk about the uh, Lions and the Raiders. and. <sighs> I, I'm actually more interested in the, in the Lions side here, Ray. Um, th this offense is terrible. Josh McDaniels is supposed to be an offensive guy, a guru, if you will. The Raiders 
have yet to score 21 points in any game this year. Which, Ray, I, okay, if you're if you're the Panthers or you're a team that just ha- doesn't have a quarterback and, you know, you're playing Baker Mayfield or, you know, God forbid, Tommy DeVito, okay, I'll let that slide. But, Ray, I look at the talent here, and it's stunning. I mean, they've got a legitimate quarterback. They've got a superstar wide receiver. They've got the leading rusher in the NFL last season. Uh, they drafted a highly productive tight end in Michael Mayer, who's doing nothing. Uh, Jacoby Myers has been a great number two, and yet for some reason, Ray, they can't score. It's it's maddening to watch all that talent and no movement of the football with the Raiders. Yeah, it's um, I mean they got 14 points last night and only seven were offense, right? Like it's it's bad. And you know I I think the one thing we can take away from it in the fantasy space is that there are a lot of teams we were talking yesterday about the the Chiefs and the fact that they've got all these guys and they're all over the place. And this week it's that guy and that guy, and no one knows what the hell's going on. You know exactly who the leaders of this offense are. It's yeah. Jacobs in the backfield. It's Myers. It's Adams. That's it, right? It's very top heavy. Now the problem is they've had a hard time, especially of late getting the ball to, to Devonte Adams. We saw that again last night, one catch for 11 yards on seven targets is just, I mean, that's, that's, you know, Hunter Renfro zone. Like it's really bad. And, You know, we can talk about struggles, and I think it's fair. You've had Garoppolo hurt. You've had, you know, uneven play behind him at the quarterback position. Josh Jacobs and Jeff Mance talked about this on the Elite Sports Show, which is 3 to 5, Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. That's East Coast time. Uh, He's talked about it a lot. Josh Jacobs just doesn't look like the player he he was last year. You and I talked about this yesterday. So Jacobs isn't the player he once was. The passing attack has not been consistent. They haven't found a third option to throw the ball to consistently. It's Renfro run week. It's Hooper this week. It's Meyer this week. Like they can't even find a third option. So I think they've become a little predictable too, if, if that makes sense. And it just hasn't worked to this point. Well, and, and what's interesting with fantasy football is guys like Jacobs and Adams, th- those are the most important pieces here for a fantasy player. Um, and you had to invest in those guys. Josh Jacobs, what else are you going to do? I mean, he's getting carries. He's still there. He's the guy. Like, you almost just have to tough it out. Grin and Barrett. I, I don't know that there's really, like, a trade to be made. Devontae Adams, Ray, I'm I'm stunned by. Like, it's, it's stunning that this guy who really, every week for the last five, six years, you know, seriously, five, six years, you could probably count on two hands the number of PPR efforts that have been bad for Devonte Adams. Like he maybe has two a year this year, Ray, we got three and three straight weeks and you see him slamming his helmet on the sideline trading deadlines today. We've heard rumblings that Adams once out, he's been public about saying, Hey, my role sucks here. This, this was supposed to be better. I'm confused by this. And, and you know what? Sometimes you blame the player blame the coaching staff, Ray. I got to, I, I, Devontae Adams should be getting, and he got seven targets. Hell, he should be getting 12. Like Jimmy Garoppolo should be looking at Devontae Adams on every single play. And if he isn't, go to Jacoby Myers. You know how many catches Myers had last night? One. Like they were horrendous all around. At the very least, Josh McDaniels, I'm not in favor of midseason firings, Ray. Why not? It's terrible with this team. And he... He was on the hot seat coming into this year, and I've only seen it go backwards for the Raiders. But the Adams saying, like a fantasy owner, like, again, the fantasy, what do you do? You can't trade these guys because you're only getting 70% of their value, and Devontae Adams can still be a stud. 
Josh Jacobs is still getting 15 touches a week. I, it's very hard to move on from these guys in fantasy football when you've invested a lot and they're just not performing. And neither of those guys are close to performing right now. Yeah, I don't know what the number is percentage-wise for Josh Jacobs, but I'm going to guess he gets 80% of the touches out of the backfield. It mm-hmm. might be even higher. Like, he just gets all the work. Uh, they're just not successful using the running back. I mean, in the case of Adams, you know, we had this discussion yesterday, and we talked about CeeDee Lamb. And I said, why is CeeDee Lamb getting these games with four targets, five targets? Like, what are they doing? Same exact thing here. In the case of the Cowboys, they do have options they can turn to. The Raiders don't, so it's even less sensical that they haven't done that. And you could say, oh, the defense, the defense have been targeting, you know, or, or zoning in on yeah. Adams for years. Like, come on. And if you look at the first four games this season, Devontae Adams averaged first four games, eight catches and 99 yards, mm-hmm. which is what we drafted him to do and what we expect him to do. So what's happened the last four games? Well, he hasn't got the ball to your point. Four, four targets, five targets, one game of 12 targets, and then seven targets. So he's averaging seven targets the last four games. You know, remember the first... Four games, he averaged eight catches. At some point when your offense isn't working, and as you noted, they're not scoring points. It's not working. You just got to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. That is obviously Devontae Adams, uh, and they haven't done it. And it'll be fascinating. I mean, there's a chance he gets moved today. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's a chance he gets moved today. I I don't know why the Raiders would do that, because what are they going to have left? But when a guy goes to sign with the team to basically play football with his best friend who's his quarterback, and then you bail on his quarterback in year one, guy's probably not too happy to be there. And, and I, you know, you got to present both sides here. If, if I own Jacobs and Adams, I find it highly unlikely that you can get enough value to make a trade. If somebody offers me these guys, Ray, I'm all over it. I'm jumping on board. Uh, they've got to be able to figure it out. Like Jacobs can't be this bad in the second half. There's got to be some touchdowns somewhere. Um, Adams, it, it shouldn't be too difficult to get back to what we saw in September. Um, you know, as long as Jimmy Garoppolo's, I don't even care who the quarterback is. Find a way to get the ball to Devontae Adams. And and I just want to continually blame the coaching staff on this one. And I don't do that a ton where it's a coaching, you guys don't know. But it's just not working in, in Vegas. And they've given Josh McDaniels everything he's wanted. Like, seriously. They, they've paid a ton of money for Jimmy Garoppolo. They're, they retain Josh Jacobs. Nobody gets contracts. Josh Jacobs got a contract. Devontae Adams is getting paid a ton. Drafting a, a tight end, Jacoby Myers... Like, they've given him everything, and it's horrendous. Um, and I would almost argue, Ray, on a pure talent basis, Raiders are right there with the Lions. Like, if you stacked up quarterback v. quarterback, running backs v. running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Now, people are going to laugh at that because where are the results? You know, look at the results of the Lions. Look at the results of the Raiders. Again, I think it's more the coaching staff not using these guys correctly. You look at the Lions last night. Amon Ross St. Brown never has an issue getting targets. Sam Laporta, rookie tight end, immediately a huge asset. You've got David Montgomery, who was just a mediocre running back in Chicago, has looked very good. Last night, Ray, they turned to Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs dominates, absolutely blows things away. And, And as we switch gears to the Lions here, that may be the big question coming out of this game. Montgomery's probably out for week nine, I think it is. Or do they have a bye this week? Yeah, yeah, they're on a bye. But week 10 is is when he probably is going to return. That's the hope. What's the deal in this backfield? Because like a Jameer Gibbs owner is saying, man, now we're cooking. I I got my carries. I got my touches. The dude had 190 yards last night. He's just going to run away with this job. Is that the case, you think, with the Lions when they eventually welcome Montgomery back? 
by the way, Josh McDaniels, uh, 12 and 25, the last three years as a coach. That doesn't normally keep you in in, in, in a job in the yeah, NFL. He's the guy. If yeah. they let him last, he's going to end up at 14 and 31. Like, sorry, you don't you don't deserve a job, dude. There are some teams that all they do is trickery, and then there's the Raiders. Like, you got to find the balance yeah. somewhere in the middle. But anyway, um, I think the Jameer Gibbs, you know, they do have the bye, as you noted, in week nine. And so the Jameer Gibbs folks are super happy right now and about ready to be super sad because he's not, he's not getting 25 touches when Devon, uh, excuse me, David Montgomery is back. I'm fairly confident, if not outright believing that he goes back to the 1B role. I, I really, you know, we saw what happened last year, uh, last couple of years uh, with Campbell and what they do in Detroit. And last year it was Jamal Williams at the goal line and he got his carries, but obviously they, they always had Swift there who was more talented, more mm-hmm. dynamic. They didn't do it. It's very easy to draw a parallel and say, well, David Montgomery's the new Jamal Williams. It's very easy to do that. Uh, stylistically, it's very easy to do that when you look at his performance. It's hard to remember for some people because it's been a while, but David Montgomery's got six touchdowns in five games on the ground. Yeah. You know, he's he's been heavily involved. You look at his carry totals and 21, 16, 32, 19. He's averaging 20 plus touches a week. So Jameer Gibbs probably sits in that, you know, DeAndre Swift zone from last year, which is eight to 12 touches. Uh, hopefully three or four or five of them are in the reception zone. Uh, but he's really going to need to get in the end zone for it to pay off because David Montgomery's going to come back and take over the backfield. Yeah, pretty easy victory for the Lions. They are on cruise control. Probably not a contender, uh, but certainly trending in the right direction there as they get that relatively easy win against the Raiders. Leads us to today. We talked about the trading deadline, 4 o'clock Eastern, so uh, we're about five hours away. Ray, I mean, there's rumors circulating. The NFL trading deadline has become a bit more entertaining over the last five to ten years. Uh, we've heard names like Saquon Barkley, names like Derrick Henry. Obviously, the Vikings are looking to add a quarterback. Um, it's sometimes easier to trade the defensive guys. Yesterday, Leonard Williams goes from the Giants to the Seahawks. Uh, pretty big move for Seattle to strengthen their D-line. But like Henry and Barkley, again, these are huge names, Ray, and they would kind of shake the foundation of, of the NFL if these guys moved on. But the Giants are telling us Barkley is going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Derrick Henry, I think the Titans said, well, we'll take call." but we're not looking to move Henry. Adam Schefter had a report yesterday that that there was no renegotiation of Henry's contract. Makes him a little more difficult to trade. Do you think we see anything on the offensive side in the next few hours? Like it's a great question. It's one that a lot of people have been asked in the fantasy space because obviously, you know, if Barkley or Henry gets traded, it's not just where do they go. It's the impact on the teams they leave. I don't think anyone would care in the Giants' backfield. I think everyone's <laughs> everyone's salivating with the Titans and thinking, yeah. you know, Tajay Spears could be something. So it's it's the both sided na- nature of, of it, all the deals. I don't know. I mean, it's so tough because I've seen people that want to make trades. They want to pick guys up off waivers. They want to make trades, and if it's predicated on a move happening, that's tough because we just don't know. Mm-hmm. I like to deal in, in the known versus the unknown. Uh, I would say that I, I find it unlikely. Uh, that the Titans will trade Henry. And like you mentioned, the contract being one piece of it. I don't know why the Giants would do it unless they're just not in on Barkley long-term because he's their offense. They trade him, they're done. Their backfield, you know, Brightwell's hurt, Gray's hurt. Like what would they even do in the backfield? Matt Brady would get hurt if they gave him 15 touches. So I don't know, Kyle. I mean, the NFL is not like the other sports. Traditionally, we don't get a bunch of huge name players moved at the deadline, but I guess we'll see today. Well, um, here's the problem as I see it. Who needs these guys? Who yeah. wants these guys? Like, if you look at the landscape of the NFL, 
I, I don't see anybody that you you point to and go, oh my gosh, they, they need the improvement that Saquon Barkley would give them. I'm not saying Barkley wouldn't improve. He would improve, but is it worth what you have to give up? You know, Kansas City. Wow, that'd be great to have Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, but they don't use their running back as is. Isaiah Pacheco is just fine for what they want to do. Um, and, and so many teams are like that. Like you could say, well, Atlanta, New Orleans, no, they've got their system. They've got their guys. Uh, Seattle has their system, has their guys. Philadelphia, Dallas, Miami. Sounds like Buffalo's getting Leonard Fournette. Like Buffalo would be an obvious spot. But then again, would they even use <laughs> Derrick Henry enough? The, the one team, and, and what's crazy about the team I'm going to throw out here, Ray, is everybody's talking about this team in one aspect, and they're not even talking about the aspect that I'm going to throw out here. Minnesota. Ray, if you're going to have a bad quarterback, and, and there are a lot of names. They could go Tannehill. Uh, you know, they're talking Case Keenum. I mean, hell, grabbing Matt Ryan out of the Fox booth or Nick Foles off the Colt McCoy, these free agents. Whatever you do, you're not getting anybody who you say, wow, that's a that's an upper division starting QB. You're, you're not getting that. So, Ray, I, I throw this out. Why wouldn't Minnesota just say, give us Derrick Henry, and we're going to come at you, and we're going to go 1974 football, and we're going to run the football with Derrick Henry 25 times. We're going to hit you with Madison uh, you know, for, for 10 carries. We're going to hit you with another 10 carries of Cam Akers. We're going to go 60-40, run to pass. It, now, that's a waste of Addison. That's a waste of Jefferson. Fantasy owners would, would be screaming to the rafters if, if they saw a team go that heavy with the run. But I wonder if Minnesota could pull a rabbit out of their hat and just go in the other direction. Uh, still add a quarterback. They could still get a guy for the seventh round pick, but maybe say, hey, dude, we're going to lean into the run and go get a guy like Derrick Henry. It's really interesting. I think, and it seems to me that there is even more of a growing disparity the last couple of years. And maybe it's because we're paying more attention in the fantasy game. Maybe it's really the case. But you can win football games while with while you're mucking it up, right? In the old days when we were younger, there was a running back that got 22 touches each week. There was a receiver that got 10 targets every week, and that's how the offenses worked. And now quarterback team, you hoped would throw the football 32 times. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> And now you have teams like the, you talk about a 60-40 split for the Vikings. The Vikings are like 80-20 past the run right now. Like they don't even <laughs> run the football, right? And then you've got teams like the Titans and the Falcons that all they want to do is run the football. And they don't pass the ball effectively and their quarterback play stinks. And they don't they have star players that they don't utilize, right? They're just trying to win a game 17-16. So it really it's very interesting because like the Raiders, another team we were just talking about, Raiders aren't a great team, but like you said, they're good enough to win football games. You know, that that comes down to the coaching aspect of things. So I don't know if the Vikings would be willing to do that. They have not run the ball effectively. They had issues with the offensive line. Uh, Madison Akers looks bad. Madison doesn't look very good. Would they go that route and switch things up? I don't know, but they're four and four and they have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. I don't think that, I don't think they're a very good team. Like I've I've watched, most of the time I've watched them this year, I'm like, I don't, this is not a good team. They're in the mix, but do they believe, to quote Ted Lasso, do they believe they're in the mix? and they really can make the playoffs? Or are they looking at more objectively and saying, let's start looking toward the future? And, and here is a critical difference between baseball and football. At the trade deadline in baseball, Ray, just getting to the playoffs, that's worth making a move. Because as we have seen this year, Arizona, Texas, wildcard teams, teams who don't win their division can make it to the World Series. In football, Ray, let's say the Vikings 
make the playoffs. They're not really a threat. No, they aren't. It's not like you can run the table as a seven seed. Maybe, but not with not with Sean Mannion as your QB or Nick Mullins. Give me a break. Um, so that there's no everybody wants to make the postseason, but is there really worth the the um, you know the the spend to get a Derrick Henry just to get the seven seed and no. and to get blasted off the field thirty two to fourteen right. in the first week? There's no there's no push for that. So that limits. I, I get it. We all want to make the playoffs, but a, a franchise like Minnesota, they've made the playoffs fairly regularly. It's not like oh gosh, this is our chance and we lost Cousins, but we still have a great team. There's really no push. They they might be able to make the playoffs right even without a trade. You know, they might just be able to to tape and piece the thing together and still get the seven seed in the NFC. Like looking at the NFC right now, Ray, what Philly, Dallas, Detroit, Seattle, San Francisco, five, five. That that you feel good about to make the playoff? I don't really like Seattle that much, but they're first place know, in the West. They're there. I know they're there. After that, there's like seven teams competing for two yeah. spots. Minnesota may come out of that. <laughs> you know, they, could, they might be able to do it. So that, that's another issue we've got with the trading deadline. Uh, we shall see. Uh, Denver, Denver's been a place It's like, dude, you've got to trade, right? Get rid of guys. Sean Payton Ray yesterday said, no, nah, no, nah, we're not. I, I think what he said, though, is we're not shopping guys, which does not mean they won't trade guys. It, it, it's kind of a semantical uh, reasoning there. We're not shopping, but if somebody wants to come and pay us, we'll give you Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or whomever. There, there's still a possibility there for a trade, I think. Absolutely. And, and you know how this is. People will ask all the time, you know, um, well, do I sell Jamar Chase? And I'm like, well, no. But if someone's going to offer you four guys, okay. So there's always the price and it, you can always, you know, it, it's always the same thing in the fantasy space. Do I make the trade A over B? Well, tell me more. What's your scoring yeah. setup? What's your team look like? You know, there are certainly scenarios where well, we weren't interested in making the move, but they called and offered us a Ferrari, and we're not going to turn that down for a, a Hyundai. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it, we'll see. Again, I'm not expecting huge things here, but we'll see. We got some time left here before the uh, 4 o'clock Eastern deadline today. And again, uh, there are other ways of improving your team. Uh, Buffalo, sounds like they're interested in Leonard Fournette. Uh, Ray, that's not good news for a James Cook owner, is it? Uh, but how do you th see things working out if the Fournette news becomes official? Yeah, it's really difficult with Fournette. Um, I mean, excuse me, with the Bills. Because, I mean, you look at this, and I wrote about this in the trending piece over at FantasyGuru.com. comes out on Monday. Um, one of the staff uh, that does it, but I wrote about the Bills uh, and you look at Lat Murray is always on the field in two minute drills and on third downs. Okay. And he doesn't do anything. He hasn't done anything for weeks, but he's always out there taking snaps from Cook. Cook is kind of the guy between the 20s. Now, I think the belief is that Fournette would basically come in and I don't know if usurp uh, Murray is the right way to say it, but I don't think that Fournette shows up in Buffalo and now he's getting 15 touches a week. I think James Cook has, has flashed pretty well. I think he's shown some skills. I think the performance has been there. He's been with the team for a couple of years. So I think he'd still be in that 12 to 15 touch zone. I think, you know, we would then get Fournette ostensibly replacing Lat Murray. But what does that mean? Well, teams love Leonard Fournette because he's a solid vet. They love him because he, he gets the tough yardage near the goal line. They love him because he can catch the ball. There's a chance that it could devolve into a more of a 50-50 split kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. um if I'm a cook owner, like he, I don't think you can trade him. Like you're, to your point earlier, you can't trade him because 
I mean, he's coming in every week as running back 18, running back 22. Like, no one's excited to get him. Then the Fournette news probably makes people even less excited. I would still expect that, you know, the, the, the leader of this backfield is James Cook. But unless mm-hmm. he gets more work at the goal line or, or more involved in the passing attack, which seems unlikely with Fournette coming into town, it's hard to see his, his performance in the fantasy game growing. Yeah, that, that's the catch. I think James Cook is fine as an NFL running back for, for fantasy purposes. You're just not getting touches in the green zone inside the five. So touchdowns continue to be even more difficult when you have Fournette. And and the difference, as I see it, with Fournette and Latavius Murray, you know, Latavius Murray throughout his career, I mean, we're 10 years into his career. The guy's 33 years old. So he is not the guy he was when he was 25 years old or 26. And, and I bring that up, Ray, because, you know, Latavius Murray is not awful in terms of catching the football out of the backfield, but I think Leonard Fournette's a little more accomplished there. I think Fournette would give them the threat of throwing to the running back out of the backfield a, a lot more. So I think this is almost like we want to improve a little bit on Latavius Murray. And so when we line up Leonard Fournette, the defense has to at least think, well, maybe they are going to throw it still. That There's not really that threat nor that consideration from the defense when Lat Murray's out there. So I think it's, and it's a good move by Buffalo. Their, their offense has not been uh, clicking, if you will. Um, a lot of that more in the passing game, but Fournette is a help. And you use Leonard Fournette for half a season and I think it can work. And, and that's where we'd be at. Now I have no idea what shape Fournette's in. We don't have this official just yet, but I think it's a good move by the Bills. Um, and Ray, I'd probably, gosh, if I was looking at my waiver wire tonight and I was looking for a fifth running back, if I could spend five bucks on Leonard Fournette, I'd do it. I, I'd go out and make that bid. Yeah, you know how this always goes. It, it, if it's reasonable, right? If it, if he, you know, you have waiver priority and you're, you know, twelfth on the list, add him. If you have the first priority, don't. If you have to spend twenty five percent of your budget, don't. Because uh, again, I don't. I think Fournette's a good addition, but I don't believe that. Um, I just don't believe that he takes over the backfield. But we've seen this a lot. If, if he's catching five passes a week, right? And he's getting four or five carries. In a PPR setup, at least, that puts him in the 10-point-a-week zone, right? And that's mm-hmm. usable in some formats, especially with injuries and buys. A couple of other things, uh, QB stuff. Arizona, surprise, surprise, uh, says they aren't going to use Josh Dobbs in Week 9. It doesn't necessarily mean Kyler Murray is your starter. We're going to have to see how this plays out for Arizona. Uh, we are told they're making the move from Dobbs because they're just not liking the tape. Uh, that's what we're told. Now, if it's not Kyler Murray... And it's not Josh Dobbs. I guess it is Clayton Toon, who who actually made a few waves in the preseason, but I don't think anybody needs to uh, worry about that. Uh, a couple of updates on other injured quarterbacks. Uh, of course, Kirk Cousins, uh, torn Achilles, he's out for the season. Matthew Stafford, a uh, strained UCL in his thumb. He's day-to-day. Kenny Pickett, uh, rib injury, uh, has a chance, according to the Steelers, to play on Thursday. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And then Chicago, Tyson Bagent is expected to uh, play again in week nine, another week without Justin Fields and that dislocated thumb. So that gets you up to date on a Tuesday. Uh, Good luck to everybody on the waiver wire tonight. Ray and I may talk about a few names tomorrow that you can take a look at. uh, Maybe some guys that you consider in the uh, second half of the season. We're back to bye week. So make sure to check your active roster, your usual roster and see where the buys land for week number nine. And maybe that will force you to do some things on the waiver wire tonight. Uh, For the remainder of our get-together here at Fantasy Sports Daily, we're going to do a little NBA. It's time again to uh, get up to date on the association. And for that, we turn to our very own NBA insider at FantasyGuru.com. Good to say hello to... What are we doing here, Justin? 
What is it? <laughs> Come is on and slam and welcome to the jam, Kyle. What's I don't know. On, this looks like, are you trying to be Charlie Villanueva or something? What's going yeah, on? I knew here? you would say something like that. I thank you guys so much for having me. And congrats and Mazel Tov on the new show. I am a Space Jam character. I have a Michael Jordan Space Jam jersey on. Here's the figure that I tried to kind of mimic. I got the okay. armbands a little bit. Got the basketball hoop in the back. I got the shorts for those that know the movie. As Daffy Duck would say, I found the shorts. So I'll just say that right there. And guys, it's great. I'm running it back from last year because this year, someone when my when my daughter was born, she got a Tweety Bird Space Jam jersey. So we haven't been able to wear that yet. So my wife got the Lola Bunny jersey. I got Michael Jordan. So we're half the Space Jam starting lineup at this point. Now, is it going to be cold where you're at today? Where I'm at, it's like going to be 33 degrees. It's going to be frigid tonight. You can't go out in the weather looking like that, Justin. Kyle, we've worked together for over a decade in this business. We commit to the bit. Oh, geez. Is it going to be cold, though? Yes, it's going to be freezing out here. That's why I'm not wearing the shorts right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're a sucker. Bad, sucker dad. Sucker dad, this guy. Do hey, it. man, but hey, you know what, though, Kyle? For the first time in my See, life. See, look I at me. I, I got long pants. I got long sleeves. You're, you're going you're to get frostbite tonight, Justin. I understand that. But, hey, I get to, I get dad tax for the first time. I can take whatever candy I want. Uh, okay. Well, good, good to see. I'm glad you're uh, committing to the bit, just like Ray Flowers. I mean, Ray, you even, is that a, that's like an official uh, patch there from Ted Lasso, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is the official, you know, wow. I'm, what is it? Yeah, look at that. Coat of arms, is that what they call it? It's coat of arms. Yeah, oh. I, I'm committed. This, and by the way, in case anyone doesn't realize this, because I had a huge beard yesterday, this is not stuck on. This mustache <laughs> is actually me. I grew this and I had it in my food forever. Um, I do not like mustache. Now, now, see, this is my recommendation because Ted Lasso is pretty popular, right? You're going to run into a lot of Ted Lassos. You should have pulled the Magnum PI, Tom Selleck. <laughs> this would have been the night with that mustache. Get your get your Hawaiian gear out, your flip flops, your khaki shorts. Get your Beretta. That you know, you got that red Ferrari in your garage or Lamborghini, whatever it is. You could have pulled off. Tom Selleck as Magnum P.I. Kyle, if you care about someone, you got a little love in your heart. There ain't nothing okay. you can't get through together. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised, guys, that Ray's working today. Right, Kyle? Didn't he always yep. take off Halloween when we were on the yeah. radio? Well, and, and we owe that to his significant other. I think she has uh, kind of taken the Halloween spirit out of Ray. And, and so now he's, he, you know, he's got to worry about other people's opinions and other people's thoughts. I don't know if you know this, Justin, but... It, it's a no decoration zone in Ray's front yard. Isn't that right, Ray? You're not even well, decorating. What? We have, we have like, there's a, a few minor characters in the yard. There are, about, I mean, I, I, I didn't count it yet, but I think we have about 30 pumpkins. So <laughs> we are littered with pumpkins, but not as many decorations. Yes. Okay. Squirrels will love your yard, Ray. They already well, do. You know, they love eating our tomatoes for some reason. I don't so, know why. So will uh, middle school punks. They're coming with the baseball bats for those pumpkins tonight, Ray. Don't worry. Ray's going to be picking up pumpkin seeds out of his yard all day tomorrow. Okay, what are we here for? Oh, basketball. That's 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 it. Yeah, we, we should have guessed we're talking basketball with a guy dressed up like a Michael Jordan character from, what was that, 1994, 95? Yep, ni like 95, 96 area. I believe the movie came out in 96. Okay. I, I don't recall Michael Jordan ever uh, walking away from the court, taking his basketball and pouting and saying, I want out of Chicago. <laughs> he, he just said, I got gambling debts. I'm going to walk away for two years. I don't want to get suspended. That's what Jordan said. 
Uh, I compare that to James Harden, who I, I think for like the fourth straight year, Justin, has moaned his way out of a town. Uh, for those who missed it, I guess early this morning, the news broke that Harden finally got his wish. He goes to the Clippers. Uh, he and P.J. Tucker heading west. The Clippers sent, I think, three players back and like four draft picks. Uh, take us through this. Winners and losers, what's it mean for the fantasy player? Well, for the Clippers, just to start off, if there's any team that James Harden would fit on, it was a team with a small window with injury-ridden players where you go all in and hopefully they don't have to commit to him too much further after that. I actually think that this is a bit of a fit here, and it hedges – the LA Clippers, in case Paul George and Kawhi Leonard get hurt again, you still have offense and you still have someone that can hit shots. Russell Westbrook, he's kind of like the weather, very hot and cold, and you never know what you're really going to get. So from a fantasy standpoint, though, guys, this trade doesn't change too much, except maybe the shot volume for one of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard goes down a little bit, but they're going to find ways to still get them featured. All three of them will have shots to go around simply because beyond those three and Russell Westbrook, there aren't too many other scores that LA has. A lot of their scores and a lot of their players that they rely on for shot opportunities are in their starting lineup. They didn't want to get rid of Terrence Mann or anything like that. So he'll help out a little bit in relief, but at the same time, it doesn't change too, too much. We'll have to see which one of George or Leonard, if either one lose out on some volume, the one thing is with Russell Westbrook, who doesn't need a lot of playing time to really stuff those stats, doesn't even need to be a good shooter, better attacker. He might have the ball in his hands a little bit less because James Harden is ball dominant. So there's a little bit of fantasy impact. Now on the Philly side, Philly, from a reality standpoint, actually got themselves back some defensive pieces, which will be good. This is a team that's prided themselves on defense over the last few years and getting back guys like Marcus Morris and Covington and even K.J. Martin, who's scrappy. Nick Batum, he takes awful-looking shots, but he's still scrappy on the perimeter on the defensive side. So from the offensive standpoint, doesn't change really a thing when it comes to Philadelphia. But from a defensive standpoint, it makes me wonder whether or not we're going to be attacking Philly as a whole as much moving forward in DFS. Kyle Alfred, Ray Flowers, and Justin Fenceman here on the show. Uh, Justin, you can follow him on Instagram, X, at Fenstey Sports. Anthony Simons has a thumb issue. It's torn. He's looking at maybe a month out of action for the Blazers, Justin. So who benefits from a fantasy standpoint with the ability now to be on the court more because he is obviously out? Well, there's two players, Ray, one of them being Shade and Sharp. And we've been looking at it, and I've been actually talking to people a lot about his props as well. They were very low to start the season. Now, naturally, the books are catching up. He's going to be in for a good amount of shot volume. Should continue being a consistent double-digit point score. Portland doesn't have a lot of established shooters. And what benefits the Portland shooters, their rookie Scoot Henderson, not known for his shooting. So he's trying to find where he can best shoot from. And that's going to take a little bit of time. He's also running the point, meaning I'm guessing the Blazers coaching staff, unless he has the lane, are going to encourage him to pass off a lot more. But look who else they have. The reigning sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, who was a throw-in in the Drew Holiday trade when he was sent back east. And it was actually, a, I thought, even though a lot of people thought it was a throwaway, he might be traded or even waived. I think this is a very good veteran piece 
for the Blazers to have a good combo guard and someone that we're going to have to really start looking out for while Simons is out. Someone who's going to have time with the ball can produce in multiple categories will stay, in my opinion, relatively cheap in DFS. That's another big beneficiary that I also think has some season long fantasy appeal for the time being. Uh, Justin, by the way, you can follow all his hoop work with us over at fantasyguru.com. My nephew's favorite player in the Bay Area, you know, it's changed a little bit throughout the years, uh, but his favorite player was Jordan Poole. And so Jordan Poole's obviously gone now. He's all disappointed. I think he got his Wizards jersey. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> That's um, a waste. I know, right? Well, he's the number one option now for the Wizards, right? So, so talk to us about what Jordan Poole's value is. Is he in the DFS space in particular? Matchup dependent? Do you just roll him out there? Uh, there's some highs there with Jordan Poole. There's also been some lows, Justin. Jordan Poole, to me, is your GPP guy right now because I don't want this guy. I'm mainly a cash player. I'm a little bit more conservative. I like single entry, and especially with cash, too. I like playing in cash games. I believe in the Jeff Mann's mentality. You double your money, and you have that slow build of success. Then you never have to hit that deposit button again on any of these sites, which are the enemy. But at the same time, when it comes to Jordan Poole, the world is his oyster in D.C. in my neck of the woods when it comes to shot volume. But what else is this guy going to bring? Is he going to score 30 points a night necessarily? I don't think his shot is that reliable. And I'm watching this guy take horrible shots like a teenager who's a ball hog when it comes to youth league or anything like that. It's terrible. But that's what they are now. They're rebuilding. He's your, like what you said, Ray, their number one option. But if he's not going to also give us boards and a few dimes as well, being the combo guard that he is, like Tyus Jones do a lot of the playmaking, that's not going to help us. Why spend 8K on Jordan Poole if we have to all of a sudden, like we used to back in the day for Danny Granger, pray for 26 plus points? The Wizards move at a ridiculously fast pace to start the year. Tops in the league. And that's great. And you think for Poole, okay, more shots. But when he faces the better defensive teams where the pace is slowed down and works against him, he's going to screw our lineups up. And that's why, to me, until that price point goes down, until we see if he can consistently produce in other areas, for the most part, cash, I'm staying away from the guy. Well, Not excited. And, well, and, and to follow up on that, um, another guy who had, what was it, 50 points over the weekend. But in that same game, 50 points, no assist. Um, and he's about the same price tag most nights, you know, on DFS, you know, 75 to 8K. Zach Levine. Like, it, uh, take me through a player, because he's kind of like Jordan Poole, right? Where, where okay, 50 points is great, but my God, zero assist. It's like, is that really helping you? And I guess 50 points does, but last night he had 23 with one assist. Like, it's, it's kind of useless from the fantasy perspective. So on Halloween, guys, and as Kyle, you kind of referenced a little bit before, houses tend to get egged. So I'm letting everybody at Fantasy Guru, open season, throw the eggs right at me. He was in my core four last night. Why? Because look, not only because of the previous performance, I knew he was going to be in the highest octane, the fastest paced game that he was going to be in all season against the Indiana Pacers, who notoriously run fast. And because of that, I thought the pace boost for the Bulls would put the ball in Levine's hands more. Problem is, Kyle, like you outlined, kind of like with Jordan Poole, didn't give us anything in other categories, and he shot horribly last night for most yeah. of that game. And that was the problem. That's why he didn't give us at least that 5x return that we're always looking for in DFS. I like the price. I like the expected pace. I thought we could get something somewhat similar to what he had. And instead, what I should have done instead was go with my original instincts, which was maybe 
pivot to go and put a little bit more emphasis on a Nikola Vucevic, who I knew could beat Miles Turner, but at the same time, almost said Miles Sanders across the screen, <laughs> but Miles Turner. But when it comes to Zach Levine at this point, man, you can rely on him for that scoring, but kind of like with Jordan Poole, you don't know what else you're going to get. I tried him in the fastest game possible that he was going to be in, and it didn't work out. I learned my lesson. Okay, lesson learned. That's all we can ask for. Uh, speaking of last night, a couple of other guys who had big evenings. They've had great starts. Now, we're only a weekend, but I'm wondering, Cam Thomas in Brooklyn, I think he's had 30 points in every single game. Tyler Hero in Miami. Are you buying these two hot starts from these two guys to begin the season? Well, luckily for Cam Thomas, Mets players keep getting hurt. They lost yet another starter last night. And we saw this last year, too, that when Mets players started getting injured, Cam Thomas had these explosive games. Is this guy going to be averaging 30 points a game like he's Embiid or something like that? No. But let's look at the Nets right now. They've got really nothing in the front court to help them scoring-wise. Dorian Finney-Smith has been excellent at filling in, which he tends to do, but you can't rely on him for full consistency. Nick Claxton has been hurt. Cam Johnson, who makes his money pretty much from shooting the basketball, hasn't been in. He's been hurt as well, so that's opened things up. And now Spencer Dinwiddie, who I loved last night in cash, and then he gets hurt short 13 minutes into the game or into his playing time. He's now potentially going to be out with an ankle injury. So Cam Thomas's value is safe for right now. But soon enough, these sites are going to price him up to that 7,500 range if he's going to be scoring 30 a night, that 8K range. And that's where we're going to have to be a little bit careful. What about a hero in Miami? So Tyler Hero I'm buying into. Let me tell you from the mental standpoint for Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero was as good as gone this summer. It was said kind of like the prophecy of James Harden for the last month and a half ending up in L.A. Damian Lillard was supposed to end up in Miami, and Tyler Hero was going to be part of the package that was going to go to Portland or wherever, whatever third team was going to be involved. And he's now there. He wants to make a statement. He's healthy. This guy's a good combo guard. They need to keep letting him run the point a little bit more. Kyle Lowry deserves to be in a museum. He's old as hell at this point. He's almost Ray Flowers' age. But oh my God. They, need, they need this guy to be running the point. He's quick. He's a good shooter. He doesn't need a lot of time to score. And from what we've seen, guys, also helping out on the boards a little bit more, too. So Miami doesn't have a lot of proven pieces. Bam Adebayo was out last night. He's going to get his set of shots and time with the ball. But I think they need Tyler Hero having the most usage behind Jimmy Butler on this team when all said and done this year. Justin, there's only a couple of games tonight on the slate, but uh, let's talk about the Sun Spurs for a second. Uh, Bradley Beal's already been ruled out. Devin Booker looks like he's going to be out yet again. Who steps up for the Suns? Those are two pretty big-name scorers, at least. They're going to look like be out of action this evening. So it's weird to say this name, guys. I feel like he's been around for as long as I've known you, even longer than I've known you, which is 13 years. Uh, Eric Gordon, I mean, not only been running the point, but he's been taking 15 shots a game. We'll take that. Kevin Durant can't take every single shot. And although there are pieces that you can't really rely on, I mean, Grayson Allen has been hot and cold. So he's been someone that's really been on the ball. Now, let's talk about Josh Akogi, because for those that are hanging with us in Discord, Josh Akogi, I've had, I placed 10 bets so far, and I write up all my bets in the Fantasy Guru betting Discord channel. They're all there. They're listed. You'll get notified. I don't force bets. But Josh Okoge hasn't has been involved in two of those bets. Why? Because I know he's a good defender. He'll play deep into games, and he's actually a good shooter. 
But I've learned, especially last game, he's not prioritized, even with those other guys out. So he's in there for the defense, so we can't rely on him as much. So really, you're looking at Eric Gordon, who you can rely on until either returns. And then Jordan Goodwin, as well, has been spending some time with the ball. He's been helping out a little bit more on the assist front. So it's really been the Eric Gordon show with no Beal or Booker. Kevin Durant is expected to play tonight for the Suns. I was looking at DK, most expensive guy tonight on a short three-game slate, 10-5. A lot of guys in the nines, some guys in the eights. $7,900 for Victor Wimbenyama. Can't complain about the first few games. He's playing tonight. Uh, thoughts on Wimbenyama? I mean, it's interesting because I, I we saw them commit 30 minutes to him, which makes me feel safe here. Three game, I don't mind with Webunyama. We're going to see how good Yusuf Nurkic is. Now, Durant's going to be on Webunyama a good amount, too, because what the Spurs do is they have Webunyama playing an outside inside game. So he's more on the, I don't want to say the perimeter, but he's more on the perimeter and at the elbow. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But anytime Yusuf Nurkic switches on him, Webunyama is going to have the advantage of be able to get to the basket. I don't hate that price point tonight for him, but again, you know that if there's any kind of blowout one way or the other, that's the one thing that I'm afraid of. They'll have no problem popping the Spurs of only playing them 20 to 25 minutes. And that scares me a little bit. Uh, last thing for you, Justin. Uh, I want to go back to last night. Uh, Memphis loses to Dallas. Heck, they were the home team against the Mavs. They lost by 15. We know about the situation with John Morant uh, in the early stages of his 25-game suspension. Uh, before the season... Uh, they lost their big man down low, Stephen Adams, for the season. They're 0-4. This was supposed to be kind of a Western Conference contender. 0-4. Uh, how, how are things going fantasy-wise for the Grizzlies? Has it been as bad for individual players as it has been for the team? Overall, the team is just a very poor shooting team. Now, when you look at the numbers and the analytics a little bit more and you see the pace that Memphis is operating, they're top 10 in the league, and you're expecting this team to be a little bit more fruitful when it comes to the points production. But when you are in those matchups where you're a fast-paced team and you're not hitting shots, it's going to work against you. Hence why they're losing these games. If you're hitting 34% of your shots, which I believe is bottom seven, bottom eight in the league, that's not going to help you even when you're a fast-paced team. This team needs Job Morant back. He's got another 20, 22 games left or 21 games left in his suspension. They need him back. Marcus Smart has been solid for fantasy. I mean, he's going to get you your steals. You know he's going to take you shot, get you your shots and everything. He's going to be on the ball a lot. So besides him and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., it's kind of hard really relying on anybody else for fantasy. It's really just those three for now. And here's the problem, guys, and this is where it's going to be annoying for fantasy. John Morant comes back. All of our trends, we might as well cut them off. It's going to change the pace. It's going to change the priority. It's going to change the usage. Everything is going to change when this guy comes back in the next 20 or so games. We hope he's back in the next 20 or so games. That's it. You never they, know. They, they better hope he's back. Like you said, they were, they're supposed to be a contender. Losing Steven Adams, by the way, yeah. more impactful than you'd think. Beyond fantasy, this guy's just a shark. He's a good defender, and it really just stinks that they don't have him. I almost feel bad for them because of that. Plan is uh, every Tuesday here on Fantasy Sports Daily, we're going to talk some NBA with Justin Fensterman. Tonight, a uh, rather small slate, three games, Knicks-Cavs at 7.30, Spurs-Suns, 10 o'clock, another chance to watch Wimbenyama, Magic Clippers at 10.30, and again, James Harden uh, traded to the Clippers. Won't be in the lineup tonight, you'd have to think, but uh, will eventually. 
for that LA squad. Uh, with the three-game slate, that's usually a GPP uh, kind of setup. Uh, I know you're going to be in Discord tonight. It, cheat sheets or write-ups, Justin, do we have that for tonight? Yes, yeah, so Serge Singh, who's been excellent, who does projections, just excellent. He also hit a big bet last night. Smart, and this is where injury news is crucial here. Find out Kyrie Irving's out. Luka Doncic, triple-double, was at plus 230 or something like that. <laughs> he took it. He hit it. It was awesome. A good betting night for us both. So he'll be on the cheat sheet, and Armando Marsal will be on the write-up for the short slate. I'll be floating around Discord, not only in the – DFS NBA channel, but the betting channel for NBA as well. And also, Kyle, if I could promote every Wednesday, watch a long Wednesday in the DFS NBA Discord. I'll be sitting there virtually all night just talking about the games, giving my reactions to what I'm seeing. I'm going to pick different games so I can watch at least a half and talk about what I'm seeing from the team, what I'm noticing, who I think is going to be very involved long-term in their offense. We're all going to be sitting there together watching the games and reacting, and it's going to be a good time. Every you're gonna have to do it on. You're gonna have to do it on voice commands tomorrow night because you're gonna be uh, frostbitten later this evening in this Halloween outfit you've got. So gonna be Commit on the to the bit, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Commit to the bit. You have committed. Uh, thank you for committing to this bit on Tuesdays, Justin. Uh, good stuff with the write-ups, the DFS coverage, the cheat sheets, the Discord. Uh, thanks for popping on board. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, man. If, if I'm invited back, see you next Tuesday. Oh, you're always invited back. Absolutely. Justin Finsterman hanging out with us on Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, he and the crew handle all things basketball. Now, that is not the only thing going on tonight. NHL, uh, we've got write-ups there for their slate. Pretty busy slate, I think, of the NHL tonight. So check out the work of Ryan Clifford and Jorge Pucks there. Uh, there's also more baseball. Uh, last night, a pretty good game three, Ray. The Rangers... Got a 3-1 victory. Tonight is the uh, ever-fashionable bullpen game in the World Series. So who's going to win this bullpen game tonight? <laughs> Which, and I guess last night was kind of a bullpen game for the Rangers, but, man, John Gray was great taking over for Max Scherzer. He was, and there's all that uncertainty now with Scherzer. Where is he going to be at physically? Is he going to be able to take the ball again if an opportunity arises? Rob Manfred came out and he was talking at the World Series and he said the league is looking into pitching. And I don't know what that means. I don't think it's good for the sport to have a World Series game be a bullpen game. Okay, I, I just think that's really bad. It's where we're at in 2023. Yeah. Um, and when you and you know how this goes, Kyle, you, you have good stuff in the bullpen. You get into the game. You don't have it. You have crappy stuff in the bullpen. You get into the game. You've got it. You know, you just don't know. And so that turnover when there's, you know, four or five guys pitching for your team each night, um, you just don't know how it's going to go. So it's really tough to, in a predictive sense, say this team's going to emerge victorious or not. I guess one of the big storylines, obviously, is Adoles Garcia and yeah. where he's at and what his contribu contributions are going to be able to be with that issue with his side. Well, that, that didn't look good, Ray. As soon as yeah. he swung the bag, so it was the eighth inning, I think. Uh, the game was tight. It was 3 nothing, 3-1 at that point. Um, and they immediately yanked him out and he went to the locker room. I, I'd have to say, Ray, it was it seemed to be a little more on the back side, but that could very easily be similar to an oblique injury. Um, and I don't know. I, I watching that and how quickly he was out, how quickly he grimaced like that's an injury. If it happens in July, I feel like you're out for three, four weeks. Like I really do. I, I, I hate to say I'd be shocked if he plays at all in the World Series. I mean, it's the World Series. But he's going to have to really tough it out, I think, to be on the, the field tonight or at any point, really, in the remainder of this series. Yeah, and obviously a historic playoffs to date, eight home runs, 22 RBIs. His uh, OPS is over 1,100. He's been the key offensive threat 
in in the playoffs, I guess Jordan Alvarez could have an argument, yeah. but he didn't play as much. So uh, he's setting records, and he's he's a vital piece of this team after that huge regular season as well. So it would be a significant loss uh, if he's not able to play. Uh, maybe it's a pinch hitting situation. I agree with you. Uh, we're early on, so we're speculating here, but it looked like an injury that you know has a very high likelihood of keeping him out of the starting lineup. You know, there's usually one of these guys every postseason, Ray, that that has a great postseason, and we start to think, well, does it mean something for next year? Garcia is he is he gonna go in the second round? You think next season? I mean, we, you and I both like when he burst onto the scene. It's like way too many strikeouts. You know, he's gonna be up and down all over. After three years of doing this, Ray, mm-hmm. it's like th- this guy's kind of he's not a stud, but he's kind of on that next level of just being a dude who can strike out a lot but still produce all sorts of crazy numbers over the course of a year. Yeah, he has cut down his strikeout rate a little bit. His walk rate has grown, which is great to see. There seems to be some growth there. I, I think two things. Will he be a second-round pick? Maybe. I think two two situations to consider. He had 16 steals and 25 steals the previous two years. This year only had nine. There's a mm-hmm. big difference, especially with the way the running is you know ticked up in baseball. There's a huge difference between 20 steals and nine in terms of a player's value. And secondly, his last three years, he's hit 243, 250, 245. So he's basically league average there, and he doesn't really, at least comfortably, give you a high stolen base total. So that's pretty rich uh, to be spending a second-round pick on him. I'm not saying it won't happen, especially after his huge playoffs, but uh, he has proven to be a big-time category producer in the home runs, runs, and RBI categories. It's the other two that will determine his actual fantasy value when it's all said and done. Been a fairly uh, entertaining first three games. Game one was was highly entertaining. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to sit and have a whole night where I could watch game one. Really enjoyed it. Uh, game three last night, tight, nip and tuck the whole way through. Game four tonight, just after 8 o'clock. Um, Andrew Heaney going for the Rangers. And <laughs> Joe Mantiply, I guess, is starting for Arizona. <laughs> Big moment for the Diamondbacks. Let's turn to Joe Mantiply. For our start, uh, so so snakes alive, right? Joe Mantiply, that, that's what we're going with. Uh, anyway, tonight, game four, Halloween night, should be fun. Uh, Ray, have a great Halloween. It was fun today. You and I are back tomorrow, so uh, don't get uh, too deep into uh, some kind of witch's brew tonight, and okay. uh, we'll do it again tomorrow at 11 a.m., okay? Yeah, looking forward to it, and just to throw it out there at the end here, a promo code. We do have one for the show now. Oh, we do. Yeah. Fantasy Sports Daily is obviously the name of the show. So the promo code is FSD, Fantasy Sports Daily, FSD20. And if you go to fantasyguru.com, use that promo code FSD20, you get 20% off any package. So if you want to get the all-in MVP package, you get everything. You want to get soccer. You want to get basketball. You want to get hockey. You want to jump in in football. You want to play DFS. You want to play seasonal. Use the promo code FSD20, and you get a 20% discount, Kyle. 2-0, right? On that 2-0. Yeah, FSD20. Gotcha. Yep. Um, okay, good stuff. Uh, thanks for all those who jumped in on YouTube, watching us live here. Again, all of these are uh, cataloged and uh, put together so you can watch them on demand uh, via the uh, Elite channel, if you will. That's what we've got here. Twitter, we run this on live, or X, we run this on live. Facebook, we're up and running. Uh, podcasts are coming to where... Hopefully within like 30 minutes of Ray and I finishing up here, boom, it's going to go into your audio download and you'll be able to listen to us throughout the day. So that is where we stand. Just getting things rolling. This has only been week one, episode two. We got another one coming your way tomorrow. 11 a.m. Eastern is when we get up and going more football, more baseball. 
who knows where else we go on a Wednesday. We got a lot of things to discuss, and we do it each and every day. Uh, for Ray Flowers slash, uh, slash Ted Lasso, I am Kyle Elfrank. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.